CalmeGo is a handheld device that uses these three proven methods, relaxing sense, multi-sensory stimulation, and breathing regulation to help you cope with the symptoms of stress and anxiety. This summer, we had a big military move, and I'm grateful I found CalmeGo to help me manage some of my anxiety symptoms during this move. While using CalmeGo daily, I noticed I felt more grounded and was able to handle the stress of moving easier. I was also happy that CalmeGo adjusted to my personal breathing pattern and has a vibration option to let me know when I'm done exhaling. I plan to use my CalmeGo daily to maintain progress toward managing my stress and anxiety. If you're interested in using CalmeGo, visit their website, calmego.com, and use a Lucero MFT at checkout for $30 off your CalmeGo device. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Family Time. Today, I discuss with my brother and sister how meme sharing is the new love language. I'm really excited you're here, and I hope you enjoy the episode. I'm Annalise Lucero, and this is The Good, The Bad, The Family. Okay, well, I'm really glad you guys joined me. We haven't done a family time episode. So today I'm joined by my brother, Nico, and my sister, Becky. And we're talking about the new love language, meme sharing, which I feel like I couldn't be the first person that thought of this, but I'm really excited that I'm talking about it. So first, I want to know like what social media platforms you are on and share, like what, where do you get your content, first of all? yeah so for me um i spend i'd say i spend the majority of my time on social media instagram um and then probably tiktok next then facebook last and then i use twitter for like work and i follow like different types of things none of it's really very personal it's all like work and business related um and then really the only form of social media that i like produce that i put out into the world is um snapchat so i like to snapchat and send lots of snapchats and i just like that it's a moment it's like a quick instant moment and then it's just gone uh, I don't have to live with it on my social media page or manage it. It's just like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. I'm thinking of you and send it out. Um, that makes me want to get on it more. Cause I know you send a lot of Snapchats. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, but yeah. And then, and then in terms of like actual meme world, um, you know, when I was younger, I spent so much time on Reddit. I used to love Reddit in college. Um, and then, um, Sometimes now I, I, I'll spend a little bit of time on iFunny. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. But. Never even heard of that. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's just literally all memes. <laughs> Ooh, we'll have to check it out. That's funny. Okay, Becky, what about you? What are you on? Um, so if I if I if I kind of go like along the lines of Nico's way of like first is Instagram. <laughs> I love Instagram, and frankly, I look at my like the people I follow less. I look at the little magnifying glass thing of like suggestions for me or whatever more. I see, I see a lot of memes that way, but um, I really am not on Facebook much, but I guess it would be more than um, TikTok. And then I use Twitter news for news stuff. Like not necessarily that's the only platform of my news, but getting, but like, I like it for, for example, like, 
UNM Lobo things. They'll do updates on their, like, um, you know, just fun stuff like that. Different people that I follow. I like it for that. And I find it entertaining. Um, I do like TikTok. I don't post very much on it. I want to, but I'm intimidated because I feel like I can't make as good videos as people. But um, as far as memes go, I feel like I get so many memes sent to me via Instagram. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like Instagram a lot, but, and texted to me, I mean, they're just everywhere. And it was funny when you brought up this topic. Cause I was thinking, I don't know anything about that. And I'm like, what am I talking about? I just got like four memes this morning from people I know. Or like this reminded me of you or you know what I mean? So I love it. Oh my God. I wish yes. I used Snapchat more. I was in the pool this morning using Snapchat with the boys. I should send them to you. You'll die laughing. Yes. Send them. I love Snapchat just for that reason. Like Nico sent so much of like him and Courtney and Tila or just him on his traveling and work stuff. So that's cool. It's fun. I'm, um, I am not on. Okay. I am on Instagram only mostly as like a content creator. I have a very hard time scrolling through Instagram like you do. Like I just, I'm not on it that often. People will send me a lot of stuff on there and then I'll like send it back out, but I'm more on TikTok for the scrolling and I share a gajillion TikToks. I, know. I love it. It's so much. Um, and then Facebook and Twitter I'll do for news. Um, Facebook, mostly like garbage reality TV news. And then Twitter, like real news. I'll follow, I follow like more real newsy things there um and then i'm i like pinterest that's also like a good i forgot about pinterest that's a ton of fun yes I live- so- none like never oh well you're missing out curtis does pinterest so does nathan yes workout stuff home stuff at home home stuff yeah mm-hmm. um i think that's about it yeah. I have a hard time scrolling like Facebook anymore. It's just too messy. It's too hate all the messages. It's just, it's just all advertisement now. It's just, Oh, there's a lot of ads. Yeah. It's just a lot of advertisements. Ads and grumpy people. My Facebook got hacked this morning, which is really weird. I know I caught it right away. Cause I'm obviously like on my phone 24 seven. So I was like, Oh, I can't get into my Facebook now, which is weird because I have a two person, like a two uh authentic like a two-step authenticator thing. Okay. But yeah, so whatever. I got back in, changed all my stuff, and um there was a friend request that was accepted in my notification. So I like blocked that person and deleted it. Well, you probably stole my account, you crazy person. But anyway, this is a, a PSA for everybody to go on and check your <laughs> accounts and make sure you're not getting thefted. Um, okay. So do you like, I think we're kind of establishing that different social media platforms give us different content and that's like why we go to it. So I would say my Instagram is like consumed by mental health stuff because that's part of the algorithm. I follow the type of content that I put out so that the algorithm picks it up, yada, yada. But on TikTok, I go for like the funny stuff, the, you know, the silly things, the trends, the dances, Pinterest is like gardening recipes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I agree. Like, so you're, what we do, I think we compartmentalize each site. I think that we've all kind of just stated that um, to use them for a different form of social commentary. 
mm-hmm. right? So, you know, we're because all of those things exist on each platform. Like if you're looking for recipes of stuff to cook, that exists on Instagram, mm-hmm. but it's where are you directing your energy and then you're receiving that commentary. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of funny because we interact with different sites or different applications um, differently. And, and then it feeds you that information. It feeds you that algorithm. That's what's so cool, but also so disturbing about social media to, to me. It's like, it's, it's scary. Yes. I think it's, it's interesting. Disturbing. Yeah, well, it is. It's a little disturbing because you can really get influenced by certain topics based on what the algorithm thinks you want. And so I like witness this because Joaquin, my 11 year old, he has a YouTube channel. So we're like, well, we want to, you know, we want to um, publicize it or whatever, advertise it. So we got it. I made him an uh, TikTok, not Instagram. I made him a TikTok, but it's on my phone. Like he can't use it without me. So it's just to kind of do that. But then I've started like noticing that it's definitely set up and geared towards like a child's point of view, right? It has like very, the same like YouTubers he likes, the same video games he likes, kind of that like kid humor. And then occasionally it videos on that stream will pop up like, um, like alpha male stuff or like man, you know, male dominance, like Andrew Tate type things. And I'm like, this is creepy to me that it's like lumping because he likes a certain video game and he likes YouTubers that like puts him into that category. And if he were not monitored watching it, he would be, you know, watching that kind of stuff. So that kind of leads me to then when people send you memes, do you get an idea of what their content is, what they're like watching? I never thought of it that way, but when you say that, I'm like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm thinking of like the last, okay. Like our cousin sent me a whole bunch of memes that are very funny, silly, like golf, you know, silliness, falling out of carts, acting crazy, (laughs) which first of all, I'm like, okay, everybody. I feel like when I tell people I go golf, they're like, this is probably what Becky's doing. (laughs) Okay. But it's interesting. Like, I'm curious why that would come across her feed. That you know what I mean? Now I'm like thinking about it more. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Cause what comes into mind makes sense to me or sometimes it doesn't. And I'm like, why does my phone think I like this? Yeah. That kind of freaks me out when I get something. I'm like, no, my TikTok it thinks I'm a lesbian. I, you guys, I, I'm not like, I'm not trying to like watch. I like, you get a lot of LBG lg oh my god forgive me yes i get a lot of that content because i'm a supporter i follow you know politicians on tiktok that are supporters and allies and i guess for whatever reason it's sending me like lesbian um what are those thirst traps i'm like i'm not a freaking lesbian god you're beautiful sure fine but i'm not a lesbian so that's so interesting i wonder why that's happening i do like that it Okay. It freaks me out that it knows me, but I also like it. And I agree because I compartmentalize like 
sometimes I don't want to go on Instagram and Facebook because I don't want to see like your great vacation that you took. So I'm super jealous. And let's just yeah. be honest. I just, I hate you because you had a fun time in Hawaii. Um, so then I like the other stuff like TikTok and Pinterest and stuff so that I don't have to see that garbage. Which like, is so, because I spend so much of my time on Instagram and I love seeing like what other people are doing. It's like, I get to like, sometimes I do. Sometimes yeah. I do. Like a great example is, is like, I wish so bad I could have gone to the Lobo tailgate, you know? Yeah. I, know. Yeah. Like, so I, I struggle because I don't want to like send you guys, even though I want to send you videos. I mean, I sent you the video of Logan passed out because it's too funny to miss, but like, I'm like, I want you here so bad. You never want to make people jealous, but maybe you do. I don't know. I think yeah, it's like, that's what people are trying to do. Make people jealous. A little bit. Maybe it's a, it's good. But like, also, I mean, you know, like it's, you have to be able to, to filter it, like to understand that. Yeah. Like that vacation in Hawaii was probably pretty awesome. And those people probably had a great time, but like, also they live a real life and like, you know, they have struggles and, you know, their relationships have issues and it's just, it's not all just beautiful, fun and fine, fancy dinners and traveling. Like there's a reality that people live in that is, you got to grind through the day, you know, like that exists also. You can't, you can't create this fantastical like uh, idea of people like everyone is working hard, but also like just be, even if they're not, it's freaking awesome. To see them having fun and doing great. Like, yeah, I there are days to- I'm like, no, I, I can't look at that. I think it too depends. Like if I, if I know somebody and they're sharing their stuff, I'm like, wow, that's so cool. Or like you, you know, you, you've gone on trips with uh, Paul and Charlotte before and I'm like, God, I wish I were there, but I'm happy for you. But when it's like someone you don't know, and you're just like, you're saying Nico, like, this is, this is not reality. Like I, I, you know, it's not this picture perfect. It's so expensive. It's so much stress. And to create that moment that I'm looking at and being envious of is like, that's not real. I'm not gonna put that pressure on myself, but I love to see people I know. And I also love to like get ideas. Right. And that's why I think meme sharing is so cool is because I know there's been videos that I've seen of people vacationing and I've sent it to one of you guys and been like, we need to do this. Or like in our, our sibling group chat and like, we need to take this trip. Right. Like it, I don't know. That's why I think that meme sharing is in a sense, like a love language, because it's when you think of somebody, when you want to do something with someone, it reminds you of them and you share it. Yes. You're communicating. I love you. Okay. One of my favorite meme, like as far as love language is like the POV. So the point of view, like, because when you have people who think like you, you know, maybe it is like this serene setting, like on a beach or whatever. And then, and then like, they have the POV of like the kid and behind you, like making a sandcastle and just like getting sand all in your cocktail or something, you know, I'm like, yeah, that's my vacation. Like, it looks like this, this way, but if you look this way, you know, and it just, I love those ones. Those are like my favorite ones. Yes. it's like imitating. It's like a meme is like meant to like imitate reality and poke fun at it all. Um, while like strengthening the bonds that we have without being in the same room, you know, like it's a social yeah. comment that's comedic in nature generally that strengthens the bond. You know, uh, it's is like that, like the definition, I swear that was so good. 
Well, that's my definition. Jeez. Yeah, I'm gonna have to like rewatch this and then and write that out and put it as like the no, I loved it, Nico. <laughs> I thought I'm like, yeah, that's what it is because you know, I'm like, I don't know, you could be sitting in the dentist office waiting room, you know, scared shitless, and you could send someone a meme and then they would be they would get it sitting in the dental office and feel like good, like, oh wow, you're with me, you're thinking of me. Yeah, no, or not, it's it's yeah, because exactly because it's also a running conversation. Like right. just about the, the the context of our sharing of memes between just our family, right? Like it's a running conversation and we come back, we come back to these, like these jokes, like where we'll show, like there'll be a funny video of people dancing to some silly song and then, and then you'll do it with your friends and you'll send it to us. Or then like, you know, we'll see someone like another group of people do it really well and we'll send it to each other. And then like, right like goes to where like then we're even together and we're like oh my god we got to do this stupid dance like and it's fun fun. and i think that that's the way that i really try to enjoy the internet is in a fun way not necessarily like uh like i'm I'm not i'm not looking to the internet or or to like memes or like to like socially digest you know, what's going on in the world. It's for me, it's just all fun. Like, right. Like more of an escape or more of a, just, I'm going to use this five minutes that I have a free time for fun. Yeah, exactly. Because like technology, I feel like ruins the sanctity of relationships. Like, because people just really struggle to compartmentalize like that, that is somebody's that's that's somebody's job is to put out this content mm-hmm. makes you feel away. That's like advertising in nature and they they can't dissect the two. Right. And so it's like for me, I just feel like, you know, apps and social media and all this stuff is is just like the ultimate discourse of communication, like of like comedic dialogue and that's the way i want to experience because you can get so like we were talking about you can get so lost in this stuff like i have a really bad habit the one thing that i have a really bad habit of doing is i have a really bad habit of watching like police interaction videos so i watch like these people interacting with police officers who are like you know both sides like sometimes the people are are jack wagons and sometimes the police officers are, are total you know douche canoes but it's like just I just like the interaction of it all it's just like it's intoxicating just like watching this confrontation happen and I'm like then I have to be like no no stop get out of there like get out of there (laughs) yes you do you have to be more intentional about how you use it which I always and I love how you're talking about this as like memes are are fun and funny, but they're also part of culture. And like with my therapist friends, we share therapy memes and it feels so like, I feel so seen. If I sent you a therapist meme, like you might laugh, but like not really get it or think it's funny or like relate to it. Right. But I think that's, what's so special about, I wouldn't send that to you because that would fall flat but I would send you something else that's like kind of within the the culture. So I feel like when people send you a meme and it's like, you get it, you feel seen, you feel understood. You feel like, Oh man, this person gets me. And that's why I feel like it's so important to kind of like be aware of who your audience is when you're sending memes. Cause you know, send, send a, a video like that to, to dad Nico and it starts a fight. Right. Like, 
that was something we navigated in TikTok in the beginning was I would send some political stuff to dad and then it would be this long like chat in the TikTok chat of like right when that wasn't the intention the intention was just to like yeah this is something yeah so it's like I agree you have to be careful what you send like I said sometimes I'll be like why did they send that to me what is that supposed to mean Okay. And that's like the other question is like when, when they send you something and it's not like you, what are they saying? Do they not get you? Do they not know you? Well, like, here's the thing though, Lisa is like, we have, I, I don't communicate with anyone on the internet as much as I communicate with you. Like (laughs) not not a single other person, maybe Kevin Cisneros is like, you know, best friend since childhood like and we share like that's definitely our relationship language it's like we share memes back and forth like this soccer memes. which i think is cool because like you said you know you know he's thinking of you and you're thinking of him mm-hmm. yeah exactly and we have we literally talk every single day and annalise and i talk almost every single day mm-hmm. right but so like it's sometimes i'm sharing things or you're sharing things that relate directly to you and you're like looking for an input so you're like you send something and you're like what do you think like what mm-hmm. do you feel like what's your input on this you know and then and then there's a response so like it also is a way like you have this digital self expression and it's a way to like interact freely mm-hmm. with someone that is creating a safe space for you but the whole premise of that is that the safe space has to be created uh, yeah. mutually between the two people. And that's the thing is like, sometimes you're saying like someone will send you a meme and you're like, what the fuck? like, why did you send this to me? But then, but then like, maybe it wasn't about them thinking of you in that situation. It's more like, Hey, this is so me or, you know what I mean? Like I want to be seen. I want you to see a part of me and what yeah. my belief system is. Yep. So do you generally, when you send stuff, cause like, for example, with my best friend, with Charlotte, I, if I send her something, I don't necessarily always do like a little caption like, mm-hmm. hey, isn't this so like our husbands or you know what I mean? Even though maybe that's what I'm thinking. I won't always because I feel like she'll normally get me. But now I'm thinking God, maybe I should clarify why I'm sending this. You know I what I mean? Annalise is really good. Like in a text message stream, like we'll be texting. She'll send a meme that's like right on with like what we're talking about. So there's no, there's no way to misconstrue the purpose mm-hmm. of the meme. Right. But sometimes <laughs> I'm just randomly sending stuff and then I'm the worst. Cause y'all send me stuff. And I look at it three months later. So imagine how relevant it is then. I mean, I think we kind of know that though. Like we, I certainly yeah. don't have expectations on you to watch it when I send it. I'm, and, and then I keep that in mind. Like, oh, okay, if you I want me to it. just text it to me. Well, Instagram yeah. though, I will see pretty quick. Cause I like Instagram. Yeah. Well, like, that's the thing also is that like, like we, Annalise just said, like, we understand that. So like, maybe we send you less memes or right. maybe the send you are actually in relation to that fact like yeah like like, five years later i watch your video exactly like five thousand hours later yes okay but i did just send one of those on tiktok where it was like finally watching the one million tiktoks my sibling sent me oh yeah yeah. well because i send a million videos (laughs) i I like it though when i actually sit down to like enjoy it because yeah. your guys's, I mean, I shouldn't even look at my 
like feed or whatever on the, on TikTok. I should just go through what my siblings send me. Cause they're so funny. Yeah. We That's got like, you. We'll take care of you. Yeah. <laughs> I have time to like be looking through TikTok all day. Like I'm so busy, but at the end of the day, I might, you know, just sit down and relax and, um, and just look through the 19 videos that Annalise sent me or like the, the 12 videos that, that, uh, that Debbie sent me and like Courtney loves TikTok, mm-hmm. you know, my partner, TikTok and she's just like, like sending 30 of them. I have a question about a different perspective. So Nico, your office just like recently in the last, whatever, a few months has been like doing a lot more content. Is it bringing yeah. your office together or? Yeah. That's, that's like such a good segue into that, but you can yeah. tell because like, I love your office videos and like people seem to be into it. Yeah. They look like yeah, they're having fun. Like, well, like one of the things that, that is so important to me in, in terms of creating a, like a really high functioning workspace is you have to create a culture that people want to participate in. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I looked at was everyone in my office is talking about this TikTok or that TikTok. And I'm like, everyone really talks about TikTok. Like we could create a TikTok account and just come up with a bunch of funny ideas. And if you want to participate, you can participate. Or if you don't, you don't have to. And if you have a really good idea, like, let me know and we'll make it happen. And then next thing I know, everyone wants to participate in the company and everyone has this idea of what the company is. And it's That's all how of, relevant it is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's all very unique. Their idea of the company or their or, or this TikTok would do really well with our company or, you know, things like that. So they all it just exploded this idea of digital self-expression inside the company. And like everyone then had a piece of ownership in the company. They were attached. This is, you know, this is their life, you know, and they and they're attached to the company and they feel like this connection. And then, yeah, I mean, it, it was huge. And I don't know if there's a direct correlation or not, but. We started that and in, we did it, we did it with the goal was uh, 30 straight days of TikTok. So we created a, a TikTok for the company 30 straight days in a row. And in that 30 pre-thought days, out, pre like planned, pre-planned. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, you know, some of them no, but we had about like 15 that we had pre-planned. Okay. And, and then, and then the other 15 were left up for people to like, you know, create them and, and be flexible with it. And in that time, we set our company record for, you know, revenue, <laughs> like revenue generated. Like so there's a so, lot of good things happening. Yeah. Like people just all of a sudden had like a higher performance level. And I don't, you know, I don't know if there's a direct correlation, but I think that you create a culture of where people care and they're heard and they feel like they can express themselves in a work setting. Like, obviously I try to direct it like to like a work setting. Um, but yeah, it, it, it made a big difference of everyone like coming together. And I think that that's something that memes and, and, you know, social media has the ability and potential to do is we created a shared identity and we bonded through that. And then we were able to just execute our jobs on a higher level. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been thinking really about like- it a lot for my, cause Annalise do does her content, like. I get that you don't have like a whole team, Lisa, you have your whole team yourself, which is great, but you know, um, you're reaching out and you're helping people like not just clients, but like people who might watch your thing and go, Oh yeah. You know, like the one that you did the other day that was like, when you're, when your partner does things different than you do. 
And it's like, oh. mm, okay. Right. Cringe. Uh, it's super frustrating to watch. Um, but you know, so then I connect with you, even if I'm not your sister and that's mm-hmm. a thing for me, but I've been thinking about it with our office, but I don't know. I never know with like medical dental, like how far you go one way, you know, it's hard. It's really it's hard. hard. You never want to offend someone. Like you don't want to make right. fun of a patient. You don't want to be doing a meme. That's like kind of making fun of like somebody like who's scared of the dentist. No, totally. Because that's a legit thing that like, we actually are, you know, empathetic toward, but like, <laughs> well, that, I don't know. I just don't know where we would go with it. That's why I think I'm, it's, terrified. I'm terrified of the dentist. And most of my family is. And I, it would be like, I would laugh so hard to see someone like, yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Like to see someone like petrified of like going into the office, you know, you wouldn't feel like you were getting made fun of. No, like, I mean, I do have a good sense of humor. Though. Well, and I think that's just the thing you're going to, you're going to hit the mark with people and you're going to miss the mark with people. And it's a risk that you take. And I've certainly had people come back at me and, and, you know, uh, leave nasty comments or TikTok is worse than Instagram, but they're all bad. And I think that it's like, when you take that risk, you kind of know you're walking into people's homes with your content. I mean, I, I'm not like a big content creator. I only have like 680 followers on Instagram, That's 680 people who potentially come across my content. I mean, I think in like the last month I, I reached a hundred thousand accounts. That's, that's insane to me that that many people have come across what I put out there. And I feel like more and more, it is a responsibility to the content creators to be aware of that who are professionals, not, I'm not talking about like people who just put stuff out there, but like, like one post a video like, of their kid. Cause it was funny. Like, that's yeah, like- yeah. Like, Oh, okay. That's a whole different ball game versus like a professional. And I think one thing I really liked about Nico's, um, your, your work's content that they were putting out is like it was fun and funny and playful so then you could share like oh this is who nick works with every day this is really cool to see inside your world and you got yeah to share i liked that it with us and i loved it but then i also was like oh they're actually like putting out helpful tips and information intermixed and it, yeah yes and so it's like that's helpful but that comes with a responsibility and this is something that i plan to talk about later but like the idea of gatekeeping like we all have professions, right? We all do a professional business. We all are are informed and educated and experienced in our professional world. We gatekeep that in a sense, right? And so that's why sometimes I feel like when people share content with me and I'm like, this has happened with mom. Mom has shared some mental health content with me. And I was like, this is not right. Like, this isn't even accurate. This person isn't saying the right, like things that are true. And I was like, mom, do you know who this person is? And then it like created this like conversation with her and I, where I kind of helped her to realize that this person ran a cult and is not like, <laughs> like not somebody you want to be following on social media. Right. And so it's sort of like, there's a danger in that sharing information and spreading misinformation and content that's not good or healthy. And then how I guess the misinformation is a huge part. That's right. I see what you're saying. I try not to get, I think that's why I like social media for lightheartedness. Yes. And like Twitter is a little easier because it's like, then you can know, okay, this is from, for example, like our local news station, like KOET seven, 
is tweeting out, you know, this information, which you can feel a little bit more reliable as far as like a news source, you know what I mean? Not like a random person. It has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I like uh, under the, the, on TikTok, there's the under the desk news person. Um, yeah. And they have like a, they have a wonderful channel on TikTok that shares news and it's very straightforward. Very, I feel very reliable. They cite it. Right. Cause they share their sources. Like you're saying, Becky, like the direct kind of, you can follow the trail. Right. So I think critical thinking is so important, but when you're like sharing things with people, how often are you using critical thinking? Right. I think it just really depends. Like I try to be very intentional with what I share and I also feel like people kind of, I know what to expect from other people, like Angelica, our, our babysitter, um, who we, she doesn't, I mean, we don't live in New Mexico anymore. So she's just a friend now and we've stayed friends, but she always like 99% of the time, I can expect that she will share something that has to do with Disney or Starbucks. Cause she loves those two things so much. She loves those two things. And it's, I absolutely love when I see, a sh- I have messages from her because I know it's going to be that light happy fun. Yeah. Fun stuff. Courtney also- is infamous for sharing funny videos about kids. I don't know why Courtney gets all that content, but it's so funny. It's like every time I open from Courtney, it's going to be a funny video. About I kids. agree that you kind of know though, who's going to send you what. Mm-hmm. Mom, healthy, natural foods or some kind of astrology tarot thing. Right. Every time. Right. So you kind of like, no, okay, I'm not in the mood for that. I'm going to leave that one uh, until I'm ready to watch it. Or they're really lengthy YouTube videos. (laughs) Yeah. You got to have some time on your hands. Um, (laughs) Go ahead. It's like, it's like, it's also the way that like you're talking about Angelica, right? Which is Mm -hmm. so cool. Love, I, you know, there's some people that send me stuff that's like that, like where you can predict what it's going to be, but it's how fun is it that that's also, you know, the, the, the foundation of your relationship with that person, right? Like Mm -hmm. they, she babysitter and she took care of your kids and, you know, she loves the Starbucks and, you know, watches Disney with the kids and you have a very, you have a different type of relationship because like, you know, that's that, that relationship's different than the relationship you're going to have with like, I don't know, let's just say me or someone like that at least like where we're like we can send like actual like political dialogue and we can have a discourse and we can like go over some really 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 intense topics and then the very next video is like a guy farting on his wife like (laughs) that's like well i'm pretty sure no one's ever going to open a message for me and expect it to be political (laughs) that's true that's true which is, which is, yeah, which is super true, but it's just awesome that people also understand uh, it's like you're having a conversation that is just continuous. It's a never ending conversation, which is so, which is so cool. That's like, it's yeah. so cool. It's okay, cool. So- and it's like interesting how you can have those, like how you mentioned different relationships with people where you may send memes back and forth, but this is what interests me is then like, there'll be some people who send me tons of funny things. And then I'll see them in person. Yeah. Nothing. There's Ooh, nothing there. Weird. I don't know. There's just like, I don't have a, like, I don't know if they're just like have a sense of humor in like behind the screen or like the phone or whatever, you know, but like I'll talk with them and they're not fun. Oh, of course I'm not going to name any. Maybe they have like social anxiety or something. 
Well, that makes me nervous for our future generations that they're going to be able to be fun and funny. Cause I will tell you now, all of our kids have a sense of humor and they're, they, and all of them very different, but awesome. But I get worried that they're not going to have it in real life. Like they're only going to have it through memes and like phones. And you're just like, you I know. don't think any of our kids will be like that. They all have us so, that engage with them. There's two sides to our life now, right? There's, there's, there's your digital expression and then there's your physical expression. And so that's the thing. And so it's like almost begs this question of like, is memes or is your, you know, like this digital relationship, the sixth love language, you know, because like, for example, do you like, do you like people to, do you like time, like talking or do you like, did do you like memes that he's, do you think he's going to rewrite his book? <laughs> I think I made all that stuff up anyway. So <laughs> we can make our own book. It felt very true most of it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but but no, but I mean it's it's like really funny to like think like, you know, like Annalise, I'm sure like you and Nathan, you write you have a relationship that you that you express through memes, like and you have this shared conversation of this shared relationship that you, you know, there's good and there's heavy and there's intense and there's funny and there's, then there's sad and then there's fighting and then there's scared. And like, there's all these different range of emotions that you go through when you're sharing this stuff with your partner. So like, is that, has that become now an important part of being in a relationship is that you co-align in your, in your digital space and your digital yeah. self? No, I think absolutely because I'm I'm into scrolling, I'm into to videos and content and all that. And if Nathan were like, "Oh, I don't do that," I would be like, "We got to find some balance here. Like, we got to figure out how are we going to do this because if if it's lopsided on one side, right? And then I'm like, do you see this down. with your clients at all? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Where people are like one one partner's on social media and and likes that, and the other one's like, I don't have a Facebook, and you're like. Okay. Well, you know, Kurt wasn't on social media forever. He's finally on Instagram, but he is, yeah. But he yeah. also, but like you said, he likes Pinterest. Like he likes no, oh, yeah, he likes those things. But I will tell you, Curtis does not generally laugh at many of my jokes in person or my memes. Like you know how you want to get like a ha ha or like a smiley face with the teary eyes because it's so funny. He does not, and I told I told him the other day, I was like, it just really hurts my feelings. You never laugh at my jokes, and he's like, okay, you know, like <laughs> make fun of your jokes. I guess what yeah, jokes? exactly what jokes. And then I was like, and when I text you memes, you never laugh. He's like, no, I like them. Like, oh my God. Okay. But can I just tell you something funny? All right. I'm going to, it's I'm not gonna our love on. language, Nico. It is not no. our love. language. No, I'm going to go on here and I'm going to read some of these to you because my husband, Mr. Nathan Lucero replies to every, video. Oh, oh every single one. Okay. So he puts, he's so thoughtful. Just, I no, swear. It's, it's hilarious. It's so funny. So like, these are just some of the things, uh, call out accountability. So cool. What? Where Minnesota? Insane. Nice. <laughs> Hilarious. I need. Yes. Holy shit. Holy shit. LOL. Love it. I don't get it. LOL. I'm like, I have to rewatch all of them because I don't know what he's talking about. Oh my God. Now I'm dying. I'm, I want to see if Curtis ever responds to me. 
It's so funny. I just never to me. It's like, yeah, for our relationship, it is a part of the fun and the playfulness. We'll cuddle in bed sometimes. We're like, do we want to watch a show? Do we just want to scroll? And it's fun. But I'll tell you, it has sometimes there's hidden messages in what we send each other. Like I'll send something that's like, oh, this is a good idea. the, The hidden messages. Yeah, I think it could work for me. I mean, it might, especially if he's watching it. Like if he's watching it, he's going to get it. So I sent one that was like, when your partner is overstimulated, these are good ways to like interact with them. I'm like, maybe he'll get it, right? It's not like, it's a little passive aggressive. But he sends me videos on how to fix your golf shot or your golf swing. And I'm like, (laughs) okay. Okay, I sent this video to Curtis. I found one. Okay, TikTok and it's the one where... The guy, it's, it's the couple standing there together and they get asked a question. Is your girlfriend, is your wife controlling? And she looks at him. She goes, tell him no. And he's like, looking, and she goes, tell him no, babe. And he goes, no. Oh my God. <laughs> and I said, I said, I think I found the first TikTok we're going to make. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, did you pay for basketball? Oh my God. <laughs> That's so real though. I'm like, dude, we're making this TikTok. I want to make it. I think he would do it, but I don't know. Did you see, you follow Rachel Parcell, right? Yes. She did did a funny video. It was TikTok, but then she posted it to her Instagram too. And it was like her running on the beach with like a a bucket, uh, like champagne bucket and a glass. And it was like spilling everywhere. And she's like, my husband, like POV, my husband said he'd finally make a TikTok with me. And she's like running, right? And then to get to him, it's him running with his beer flying everywhere. And it's like, my wife said, if I make a TikTok with her, I'll get lucky. (laughs) Oh, see, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah those, those are some fun mormons i'll tell you what and just like but it's like okay you said <laughs> that alcohol. normal reaction is a laugh normal reaction is like haha that's funny i'm not making a video with you but that's funny but that's funny i know yeah well you guys know my husband he laughs on the inside deep it's a deep laugh <laughs> it's a deep laugh <laughs> so okay so i think we've kind of like figured out that it is a part of relationships now whether it's like with family your partner i friends. legit couldn't tell you anyone that I, that i know that doesn't share memes with each other like partners do you remember the first time you started like interacting with memes cuz i have a very vivid memory of it and i think you'll laugh at it i don't what's yours So I don't really remember ever seeing like a meme on Facebook until dad joined Facebook. And then dad was like the king of memes. And I don't know if you all know this because he he still is. He is. He and he asked me. He still sends a lot. He does. He's crazy about the memes. He asked me one time to help him with something on his computer. And I just like, I don't think I had like a consciousness of, oh, that's a meme or what is a meme? A meme I don't know. But when I went on dad's computer to help him with something, he had a photo album that had like 10,000 photos. They were all memes. Taking like, up space on the hard drive? Taking up space on the hard drive. And they were dumb. They were like, he could have made his own what do you meme game with 10 extension packs. They were dumb. They were just stupid. Like, I don't even, I can't remember. Like, not funny? Not funny. And I'm like, did they make sense? 
No, I mean, they were all old man humor. Like they weren't, I mean, you know, you, know? What the irony, you know what the irony is of that noise is that he has never, not once ever sent me a meme. <laughs> oh, really? No, not once ever. Did you check your spam? <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, no. He doesn't send me as much anymore, and I think it's because I don't, don't check him a lot. You gotta be, you gotta be in it for the long game with me. I sent him a like a thing from Pinterest, and it was a recipe on like a like a stew, a Halloween stew, and the mushrooms looked like skeleton heads. And instead of replying on text message, he called me and I'm like, oh, my God, is the earth ending? Like, what is happening? Dad called me. I don't have any names from dad. Not I don't know. He's he's too busy for us now. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, but I do think it's cool for families. Me, I mean, it's fun. It's a ton of fun. You know what me like a lot of people were sending me when it was getting going was that one with the two ladies shopping at like a market or something. And she's smelling a candle and she's like, this candle smells like fireball. And then the other girl's like, no, Becky, like literally says Becky. It's like, no, Becky. People say that's or most people say that normal people say that's cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> And people were like, Becky. And I was like, oh, my God. I think I drink too much fireball. You oh are God. a walk fireball meme. I cannot, I can't have a sip of fireball without thinking of you. So tailgate yesterday, two handles of fireball and 40 of those minis. All gone? Not me. Not just me. No. <laughs> of course. I would be dead. Why? You're so generous. <laughs> I'm like, um. But yeah, it was quite the, it's quite the thing these days. I brought, you know, to a party the other day, I, I brought, it wasn't, well, it was, it wasn't a party. Okay. All right. It was just people hanging out. I brought like a, a bucket of fireball. Ooh, and, those are fun. Yeah. Those are fun. Right. And I, I walk out of the store and Courtney's like, who are you, Becky? <laughs> You're like, yes, I'm channeling my inner Becky. So we can have fun at this party. Yes. Tell you what. That's so there fun. Is, the fireball is the only thing that doesn't make me feel like head woozy. Why well, is I, that? I don't know. Make a fireball meme here. August. Yes. Making a fireball meme. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm going to make some. Your goal in life is to be sponsored by fireball. Oh my God. Oh, yes, it is. Wouldn't that Funny be you should mention it. <laughs> Well, I can't think of anything else that like, I feel like we've just really established that sharing memes and videos and all of that really is like a part of life now. And it has a lot of meaning, extra meaning. It's not just sharing something. It's more than that. I think it's good to say that though. And I liked Nico's definition so much, but I think it's good for us to realize that, you know, this is the way we're communicating, even just like as siblings, you know, we all live in different places and different states now, and we're in four states and we really love each other and miss each other. And so sending a meme to me, like, if you send me a meme, I know I don't look at them all the time, but like, to me, that's the same as like us talking on the phone. You like maybe in the olden days, a letter, I don't know, a card, olden days. <laughs> but like you thought of me. You love me. You miss me. You know, even if it's like some kind of offensive thing, it's okay. I still like it. Well, because we don't share memes. At least I don't share memes with everyone. I'm not the type of person to post a meme on my feed. Like it'd have to be golden to make it. Because you're a lady. 
I'm a I'm a real lady. <laughs> true, true. I have I know. Manners. Yeah, I never post memes. I post um photos of my kids. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, but but it but that does like that for me, right? So I we were talking earlier about Kevin Cisneros and mm-hmm. you know, my good buddy, and he is like a meme lord. Like he basically runs a meme page, like his mm-hmm. page is nothing but meme. But everything that he sends me isn't things that he posts. It's right. all different stuff that's centered towards our relationship, mm-hmm. not generally funny stuff. It's all like actually geared towards what we do. He, I would follow his memes though. Cause he, he is so funny. He's been funny since he was a child. He has a really great commentary on the world. And when you're actually like physically around him, he's like one of those people, you just so brilliantly funny mm-hmm. that you, he just, he just, sees the world through a comedic lens he's basically like a clown like it's just it's it's so it's just hilarious those are like the people who can naturally just create content like it's just too hard for me i don't have i mean i have a sense of humor but i don't have that like lens like you're saying i don't see things that way necessarily yeah i can't look at a screen door and see something funny but like no he could for sure i believe that i believe that that's awesome appreciate you guys being on this episode with me um like traditional family time i want to end with a hot topic so what is your hot topic i don't know why i said it like that yeah i'll go first um you know obviously uh i work in this type of industry but the inflation reduction act uh, is something that is like really 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 crazy and just the thought uh, of Biden's administration and just like what is going to be the lasting legacy of it and it for me i mean i live in california and there's just this insane push for the electrification of california and just how insane it, all of this is and just it makes me feel like a little pea in the world, you know, just like mm-hmm. just so insignificant, you know, that all of these massive government, you know, ideas are just being jammed down our throat without really any control from us. Like we just, it's crazy. And like then to like dive into the Inflation Reduction Act and see who was the one sponsoring it and then, you know, how they lobbied it. And it's just, it's just really, really, really crazy to me. Like, and I just think it's just ever more important that we just have to get a stranglehold on our elected leaders and we have to have leaders that just reflect our ideologies better. I'll leave it at that. I, okay. I, I love that comment and I keep wondering how we do that. Mm-hmm. And I think about it often, you know, I worry about our leadership. I worry about, I mean, from, from my, I worry about our local leadership a lot. Yeah. Um, New Mexico is so far behind so many other States. And right now just with the governor election and like watching all the back and forth with everything, mm-hmm. it's, I, I tell you, I just cringe and I, I want something better for New Mexico. And I love this state. And I know we can be better. I know we can be more innovative. I know we can like bring so many more things here and increase the economy here. And our crime is insane, Mm. insane. 
And it feels like the leadership doesn't even take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's, it's like what you said, Nico, it's leadership. Like we've got to, we've got to ask more of our leaders and it's not a glamorous job. No one said it was, you know what I mean? But we've got to ask more of them and expect more of them. And I'm just, I'm hoping that we're going to start seeing some leaders come out of the woodwork here that we're not expecting to step up and start really helping, you know, our country. But like, you know, in my instance, what I'm talking about is our state, just be better. And for you with California, I feel like there's so much uncertainty. It would be tough. I mean, it's, it, it, it is really tough. And then, you know, just like with everything, it's, you know, you just get to this, it's like, there's this crazy imbalance, you know, and it's just, it's, it's scary. It, on one sense, but also it's exhilarating on another sense, because it's like, there's an incredible amount of opportunity now that's going to arrive. And it's like, how do you capture the opportunity? Well, the first step is you have to be educated and, and ready for it, you know? So you have to be, you have to be five steps ahead. Yeah. That's, uh, I, I do think though, like with what you're talking about, like getting better elected leaders in on the state level and on the you know, national level in 10 years, a lot of these like old people, and I'm not an ageist, but it's true. And I see it in the military life too. These people who've been in and have this old way of thinking and this old way of doing things, it's not that way anymore. So in 10 years, when they're all out and we have a new generation of like people our age who are in office, I mean, we're not even 40 yet. Like, let's yeah. be real here. Like people who think like us are not in politics yet on a no. mass level. Right. And then we're going to have Gen Z people voting. You know, it's a whole generation that's going to be voting for people who align with their values. And so I think, um, yeah, I think that it's 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 definitely going to change in 10 years. 10 years might be too late, <laughs> which is really scary. You know, especially when it comes to people who are trying to survive a year might be too late. So, you know, I think it's, it's definitely weak. Something would, I want to would be any of you consider on. getting into it. You know, actually, uh, you know, I know that we, we talk about this a little bit with, especially with dad and you, but yeah, I actually just, uh, I'm, I'm going to be on the board here for the Ventura County of education. Um, and, the 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 drive to have more schools um create access to the trades so you know good idea so the idea is is that especially here in in the county that i live in it's a more rural county um and we're kind of like the last frontier of southern california you know it's the last like we have like the last funky beach towns and and we're you know it really is we haven't been commercialized or you know taken over by corporate entities you know, I, I, I operate a, a 32 year old family business, you know, and so it's like, that's who we are still in nature. And so I wanted to get involved because I want our educational platforms in this county to be driven to, to help people succeed. Because the biggest thing that I see is that we have to maintain property ownership of our communities on a local level. We can't let venture capitalists buy our land. Yeah. And we can't, and we, we, so we have to become homeowners, but to become a homeowner, you have to have an access to create wealth. 
You have to generate money to own a home, right? But how do you generate money? Well, we have a group of people that is really handy with their, you know, is really good with their hands. You know, they're, they're very, they're very logical thinkers. You know, we have all of these people that are really, 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 really hard workers. So that's one side is that we want to direct them and show them that there's an opportunity to work in the trades and become uh, you know, a well, well-paid plumber, well-paid, you know, HVAC specialist, a well-paid construction person, a roofer. These are great jobs. These are hardworking jobs, but they're great. They're an incredible access to opportunity that at 19, you can be making 70, $80,000 uh, and not going to school and incurring 70 or $80,000 of debt. Right. So, so nice. I believe in trades. Then the other side of this is, is that I'm working with the, the, the farm workers union to give um, farm workers access to education. So we're working with Oxnard and Ventura colleges, our community, our local community colleges to create access of opportunities for um, English immersion so that farm, our, our farm workers in this area can learn English. Um, and then we've also worked with um, Calmex, which is a, a digital platform that um, helps farm workers um, protect their money so that they're not just paid in cash, so that they can actually announce and then they can transfer money to Mexico, um, both both legally and safely. And then the people in Mexico will have access to, to that money um, faster and and safer. You know, it's all because it'll be regulated. Not that really cool. But these are these are like the couple big steps. But, you know, just it's just a small part that I play in it and the general ideas and the general concepts. But if we all cared this much about our neighbors, just think about how much better our communities could be if you just gave a shit. You know, like that's it. Just just about your neighbor. But I feel like that, like you're saying, like, I feel like I'm just like this small P in the grand scheme of things. It's like, oh, my God, to make a difference in somebody else's life is much is worth so much more. Because like you're saying, it it's like contagious. It spreads and people this is how communities thrive is when everyone has that shared meaning. Um, I think that's really important. I think what you're doing is really special. Yeah, I I think if we've got to keep those kind of boards running, too. Yes, we have those boards running, but also, so just listen to this as we're talking about hot topics. I have this other idea that I've thought about, right? I've thought about the, uh, how do we, as Americans, how do we cancel debt as Americans? Right. And so you think about, everyone talks about all oh, it's rich people, you know, Oh, they could, you know, Elon Musk could get up everyone, you know, a hundred thousand dollars and still have too much money to spend. And you're like, well, that's not really how money works, but think about the idea that what if we what if we just went in a circle, right? Okay, so we go in a circle. Everyone goes, okay, Annalise, this is totally hypothetical, but Annalise, you have, you know, $80,000 in student loan debt, right? Okay. So then so then 80,000 people send you $1 and you pay off your student loan debt. And then we move to the next person. Okay, hey Becky, you have $20,000 in student loan debt. Okay, 20,000 people send you a dollar and you pay off your student loan debt. And then we just go in a circle and all we ever had to do was share $1 or, you know, whatever. We could do this with a thousand people and you spent a thousand dollars and you paid off student loans for a thousand people. And then if we just all went in a circle like that, we would break their, we would break their, their, you know, this fucking stupid society that they've created. We would break it. 
I would be curious to go down that rabbit hole and see how that would work. Like actually, like, you know, kind of. It sounds like monetize it. It sounds like the beginning of a pyramid scheme. I'm not going to lie. Like you're putting it in this idea as it's a circle, but it's like, there's got to be somebody. Well, he doesn't like triangles, Annalise. I know, I get it. It's trying to be a circle, but it's like. No, I mean, that's why I said it would be interesting to kind of like map that out and see like what that looks like. I will tell you your idea um, and the whole thought, which we've talked about before. We're all on board with trades. Trade training is where we need to go. It is ridiculous for these poor kids. And I say kids, they're 18 years old to be getting themselves into insane amounts of debt for what, for a history degree, unless you're going to keep going and be a professor or some, I'm not downing like a history degree, but you know what I'm saying? You, You can't make money Right. Like the return on investment to to pay these loans back. Mm -hmm. It's somebody has got to help these people, these kids to, to help themselves, you know, trade training is where it's at. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten so far away from it. We don't have workers. We have tons of people with degrees who think they deserve jobs for a hundred thousand dollars a year and they have no skills. Can I, so let me just, let me just put this into like actual concept, right? So I work in a company, I think we were, we have about 70 people of those 70 people, four, four people have college degrees, four, four people have college degrees. No, the owner, like four year college degrees there. We have some people with associates degrees and stuff, but four people have four year college degrees. Like a bachelor's. Yeah. Or, or higher education. But the, that's the thing that's just crazy to me is like the military requires a degree to be an officer, bachelor's degree to be a military officer. I get it. Sure. Okay. You're it, it setting you apart and you can have a degree in anything. It doesn't matter. You're going to be trained in whatever it is that you're going to do in the military. And right. then to continue ranking up, you have to have a master's degree in anything. It doesn't matter. I'm yeah, like, but they're not incurring debt for it. But well, not, some, people, some people can. The military doesn't always pay for your education. What? Because yeah. one, of my one of my really good friends, he he's an officer in the he's a um officer in the Marines. And uh he he studied Chinese in college. And now now he's what he does is he manages budgets for you know like training sites and does nothing absolutely Nothing to do with whatever the, the yeah. Chinese. Name well, I think that only Curtis and I have degrees in our office. We have 10 employees, so none of them, but all have trade school, assisting, oh. yeah. hygiene. There you go. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, as a company, we invest in them in the sense of continuing education. Like next week, I'm going to a conference for the week with my administrative staff. We just got our hygienists, our three hygienists just went to Florida for a conference. So you continue their their education in that way, which right. you need it for your for your licenses. But you know, companies can invest in that direction. Have to invest in that. If you're an employer, yeah. you have to yeah. invest. I agree. Also, you know, you think about how lucrative uh, you know, uh, you know, different companies are and how everyone's recruiting and trying to retain all the best people. Well, if you're not training your people, it's like, I always think about it like this. I'm not looking when I bring people into companies that I work for, I'm not looking for the person that knows all of the skills. I'm looking for the person that has the attitude to learn all the skills. Me too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
within reason, of course, like a hygienist has to have a hygiene, <laughs> hygiene license, but you know, more with my administrative staff, they don't have to know. Yeah. I mean, you're just looking for good people, which I'm not going to lie. It's tough. Yeah. I think a lot of people who are good are they're They're locked up. I mean, they're, they're being kept. Yeah, we try. And that's why we try to treat our employees good because we love our staff, especially right now. We have great staff and you just got to ju- just treat them good, you know, and you know that in your office. You treat people good. Like that's just who you are in general. You treat everyone well. So, yeah. And I think that, well, thanks. But I think that, um, yeah, it's going to come out in your business sense. And when we, we, we know people, I mean, we have friends who have businesses and treat their people so good. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, we've all but, worked for somebody who didn't treat us well. So true. we know what that's like. And I would never want to treat an employee. I would never. Yeah. You'd never want someone to feel the way you felt. It's true. Yeah. All right. Well, so what's your hot topic, Becky? Oh, I kind of went into it with the, the governor election. Oh yeah. Um, that that's really what's on my mind. It's just watching it all happen right now. And, you know, um, so being invited to various, you know, dinners and to, for supporters, and I'm always laughing because Curtis and I never talk about politics. And so it's always interesting what we get invited to because people don't know where, where we stand. So I think that's good or bad. No everything is that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, legit, I have to say no to most things just because I have four kids in sports. <laughs> so like, it's well, right. Like, I just don't have time to like go. But, um, there's no, no candidate I'm willing to put money into. Absolutely. And I would be willing to put money into somebody. But it's like, I feel like people are just, I'm not saying I want to support because I'm still registered to vote in New Mexico. So I'm, you know, even though I don't live there, I'm a resident there as a military person and spouse. I'm not a military person. I don't know why I said it like that. Anyway, uh, it is, it's hard because uh, there are things I agree with in one person and things I agree with in another person. Mm-hmm. But it's so hard. It's so hard because they're just so like drastically different that I feel like I'm okay not to agree with certain things for people. I don't necessarily have any like crazy deal breakers for me. Like you believe in that you're done. You're dead to me. You know, I have nothing like that, but oh my God, some of these people just seem so, um, out of touch. Yeah. Out of touch. You are out of touch. You cannot be running things. Well, and I think that's me out. Is like, it feels corrupt. It's like, well, I don't really like your stance on, you know, human rights and women. And I, I don't like that. And then I'm over here like, well, I don't really like that you wasted a bunch of money and you seem kind of corrupt and like, you don't really do things in an ethical way, but right. I think you'll pass more bills that I agree with. So it's like, who, yeah. what am I, who's, it's sad that you have to say, okay, you seem really corrupt, but I think you could get more stuff done because you're corrupt. Um, but you have no respect for women and their rights. Okay. You're the guy <laughs> or you're the gal, <laughs> you know, exactly. it's just like, there's no, there's no winning in this. And right. It feels like, that way. It feels yeah. that way here right now, really a lot to me. I, mm-hmm. I feel very, you know, powerless in the situation and it's so, I sort of, and I love New Mexico so much and I know it's a great state. Oh, and the potential for it to be incredible, the culture, the community, the landscape, the businesses that want to be there, but it's like, um, our tax system's really messed up. Like that's uh, really, it's 
scary thinking about, you know, opening up a business there in January and all the things, but yeah, the potential is like insane. So hopefully that changes. My hot topic is totally different, but, uh, my, I'm thinking a lot. Cause I was like watching it all week and then, you know, yesterday, but Serena Williams retiring. <gasps> I watched the game I all morning. I was like, Wah. did you watch the game, Nicole? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <gasps> she's amazing. She is, she, she was a winner if she lost and she was a winner. If she won, she could not lose that. Total class act. I just love how unique and individual she is. And yet she's still so relatable. Like she's kind of quirky and, you know, like her style and she's just out there and she is who she is. But then also as like a woman and a human, when she ended it and she's like, yeah, I don't really know how to feel like I'm, these are, these are happy tears or maybe they're not happy tears. Like it's just yes. the conflict within. You I love when people face. say things that you're, that you've thought like even within that week, yes. <laughs> like crying, like, I don't know how to feel. Ugh. You know, I'm yes. like, that's me every day. I never know how to feel. No, you know, what was, I saw a really cute um, meme speaking of, of her from the night in that cute black tennis yes. outfit. And she's almost twirling like a child, like um, very like childlike in a very sweet way. And she's smiling and she like clearly loves tennis. Yeah. And it was so uh, it was so cute. It was like this is a 40 year old woman, by the way, who is killing it against this young gal. So many match points. Good God. I mean, poor thing. She looked dead. Yeah. Which I would have been dead hours before. But um, I mean, for her age and all of that. Oh, my gosh. So amazing. But this meme was cute. She was kind of twirling and she was smiling. And it was like this, this, this lady loves tennis. Well, I think about like the longevity of her career. So there was this thing that came out because I watch a lot of baseball. Right. So there was this thing that came out and it was like, OK, this same day in 2001, uh uh Serena Williams she you know she won um she won a game and then or she won a match right and then on that same day like Craig Biggio and Vladimir Guerrero senior and you know this other guy they all had hits in their games right fast forward 21 years later and she won a tennis match and then all of their sons had hits in these oh. baseball games and you're oh, just like my God, like that's, that's so, seriously, like, she like, has her career. Oh my God. Forever, forever. But that's forever. what I loved about her interviews after was she was saying, you know, I, I had this like special opportunity during COVID when everything shut down, I got to see what my life would be like if I didn't have to wake up and go to the gym. It was like, yeah. And she liked it. And I think that's great that you can have that control over when your career ends, not necessarily that it's ended, but it's like shifting into something else and to still love your sport and not be burnt out. To still love your sport, but to love your life too, not be scared of being home. You know, like if I didn't go to the tennis court every day, would my life, would I hate my life? No, you like, who am I without tennis? She's making this life for herself or she's made this life for herself. That's not just tennis has been her life since she was her mom and dad made it a huge part of her life early, which, you know, I think all of us, um, maybe not Nico quite yet with Tila, but 
like with my kids, it, you, I really walk this fine line of, okay, like how much do I want them to be involved in this sport now? Because it's going to be, I mean, we all grew up playing very competitive sports. Yeah. Um, I want to be really careful with my kids cause I still want them to be kids, you know, and I know there's a time and a place for sports to be an oh, yeah. everyday thing and take over your entire life. And I'm not ready to give that. I'm not ready for no. my kids to have that. I mean, if they choose it on their own, because that's their drive, but I will never set them up in that way for that. No, I keep, I, well, I keep it. reminding Nathan. They got to like, choose it. Well, yeah, I, I did theater and swimming and I didn't play water polo until I was 13. Right. And then I went and played in D1. And right. it was like, I didn't, cause I didn't need all of that. I was you an athlete. Know, and, that's a good point. You know, you didn't do, you didn't play water polo till 13. Like Addison just started playing volleyball. She's 11. You know, she'll be 12 this year. I think she found her sport. She liked taught it. Taught her everything she knows. Yes. He told one. me. Nico taught her everything she knows. But, but like, it, it's in- really special, you know, but like yes. Curtis didn't play tackle football till high school. And exactly. he played division one football. You don't have to play it since you're five. Yeah, no, you don't. And I think more and more people realize that. I think also too, like it takes a certain personality to be an athlete at that high of a level. And if you burn your kids out before they ever get to their, to knowing that, that they have that personality, right? Like to honoring and then accepting it, they're never going to want to do it. And then they'll be driven towards something else. It's not Did just you- it's a mind, it's a mindset. You have to, if you want to be at the elitist level, you have to have a mindset that is dramatically different. I mean, when I retired from running, uh, that was the, that was the, the best feeling in the world that I could turn that off. Like I could be me. I could be who I really, who I am today. Like I could be, just slow myself down. I didn't have to be a killer all day. I didn't have to. You didn't have to organize your entire day around running what you ate, what you did. I remember sometimes when you would visit back home in New Mexico at the same time I'd be visiting and you would go do like a two hour run. And then it would be like, we can't even do anything with him because he's like doing this run or he's on this trail and we don't know when he's coming back. And it was so frustrating to me. And I don't think I really realized until you stopped running, like you were killing yourself to achieve these goals. And as like a family who didn't really understand that, I don't think we supported you in a way. Like, I don't know if you knew how to ask for it and we didn't know how to give it, but it just felt like that's a lot to sacrifice for a career in a sport. And if it's not really what you want to be doing, what do you, you know what I mean? What are you sacrificing all that? The last two years of it was so hard because it wasn't what I wanted to be doing, but I didn't know how to step away. And that's what made it, that's what always made it so much easier to, to live really far away from everyone and to be totally isolated (laughs) was because I, I could live in that mindset much easier when I didn't when you know it was like all I ever want to do is like hang out with my sisters or go do this or like be together but I couldn't and so if I just removed the option to do that and I was totally isolated and that option no longer existed then it was so much easier and I just think about how intense that lifestyle is and I'm just to be honest in my opinion that's what it takes to be successful Mm -hmm. at the highest 
level. And, and it's so isolating. And that's why professional athletes, I have so much respect and empathy for them is because it is a lonely world. It's well, so Serena lived. I mean, they lived tennis. Yeah. They lonely. lived, you know, Serena every, Venus. every second of their day. It's crazy. Ins- yeah. yeah so, like you watch her face, by the way, when she, when the, when the Australian gal was serving every time they would go to Serena's face, the level of zoned in, it blew my mind. I was but like, that's why like to be at that level, it requires so much support because not just like in her focus in the, in the match, but like in her entire life, I could never do something like that without support because I have to take care of kids. I have, you know, like, uh, the house cleaning, cooking, like everything, my doctor's appointments, like she has a team that helps her to do all that. So like the reality as a parent, if you're going to do that for your kid and you You have to change your life, you have to change your life. Like your whole life would have to be about getting them into the place where they don't have to think about anything else. Then I really hope mom and dad are on board when my kids go pro. Cause they're going to just have to do that. Cause I can't do that. But you know, well, and about like the narcissistic parent, right? Like the, this, this idea, right. That it's like, okay. So this parent that it, it, it's, it's all about them, right? Like, Oh, look how great my kid is. You know, look how amazing my kid is. I know lots of people like that. (laughs) Yeah. Down to like, you know, like actually, you know, just being with your child, you know, like, Hey, you know, mom or dad, I want to build a puzzle. Will you help me with this puzzle? Like, Oh no, I got time for that. But then, you know, when their kids out on the field, they're like the ones passing out orange slices and like, woo, go, you know, it's like, that's the, the people are just, they miss the, they miss the mark so much on it because it is every second of every day. You have to be focused. If you're, if you want your child to achieve these things, you have to be their support system. Look at what Venus and Serena Williams's father did for them. That's the energy that it, that it takes to get to the top. Constant. But also having a mother who took care of all the background stuff so that they could be that intense. And I think that's the part that people often, you know, they they don't acknowledge or don't see. And as a mom myself, like, I know that that's what it takes. And I'm so glad that Nathan and I are like, we are consciously every day making an effort to be more balanced in how we approach that, right? Like, Mm -hmm it's not just on me to pack the snacks and the lunches and make sure we have sunscreen and the chairs in the car. Like it's a team effort. You know what I mean? Cause Nate's not coaching. If Nate were the coach, then it would fall on me, you know? So I think it's just about being like really conscious in how you're doing it and intentional in how you're parenting your kids. What is the purpose? What is the goal to create a healthy lifestyle or to be a professional athlete? That's a, that's a lot. And I think when know, along those lines, I try to just tell my kids, cause you know, Addie, the other day, she lost her volleyball game. She was, she was down. And I said, well, you know, we just got to practice more. You know, I'm not going to get on. I'm, we can be disappointed. That's fine. You know, we wanted to win, but like, if you're not out there practicing and busting your butt, I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. And that's the thing though. You can't that. be good without practice. 
And if they want it, they'll go out and do it because yes. that's how the human condition works. If you really want something, you're going to go out and get it. Now, you might not go out and get it because you don't know how, right? So that's different. I want it, but I don't know how to get a volleyball. I don't know how to sure. organize my practice, right? So that's where the, as a parent, you step in and recognize this isn't because my kid doesn't want to, it's because they don't know how to, they don't know how, and you do kind of have to teach your kids how to practice, right. How to get out there. So we've been, we've been playing with Addie and you guys guess who bumps with Addie all the time. Mom. Oh, that's cute. It's cute. Mom loved volleyball. Do you remember going and watching them play all the time? Well, she, she really likes volleyball. She likes to watch Addie and she, she plays with her. She bumps with her. And it's nice. It's the reason I like them living here, you know? Yeah. It's like I'm they can't jealous live. or anything. No, I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> I will tell you, it is, Never. it's nice for the kids. Not jealous at all. It's fine. I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> I'm really glad. I'm grateful you guys joined me today. We haven't done a family time in a while since the last family time was a little bit too much. So this is nice on last family time. I could have been the peacekeeper. You could have, it would have been great. No, it was a good episode with Nico and dad, <laughs> but, uh, this one was a much more like lighthearted and fun and yeah, I'm just grateful. So thanks for joining me. Send me yeah. all your good memes. Oh yeah. I will always. I'll check them next month. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. 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 If you want to hear more from the good, the bad, the family, please subscribe. Or you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at a Lucero MFT. Thanks for listening. licensed and trained marriage and family therapist, but this podcast is not a replacement for therapeutic advice. If you need help finding a therapist, visit psychologytoday.com to find a therapist in your area.